Today's episode is brought to you by Alexandra Park BJJ. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a full-contact martial art and combat sport that was developed in Brazil in the 20th century. With roots in Judo and Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, has been developed and refined into a unique grappling art with the aim to allow a smaller and weaker individual to beat a bigger and stronger opponent with the application of proper technique. Based in Muswell Hill, North London, Alexandra Park BJJ's classes are designed so that you can develop your fitness levels, balance, coordination and flexibility in a no-pressure environment and to provide the opportunity to start a new sport at a reasonable price. At Alexandra Park BJJ, we aim to be inclusive so that everyone can benefit from this incredible art, not just the athletic or ultra-competitive. To book your free class, head over to alexandraparkbjj.co.uk or email inquiries at alexandraparkbjj.co.uk. Welcome to Audiobookish, an audiobook review and discussion podcast looking at audiobooks both big and small, as well as radio plays, narrative podcasts, anything audiobook-ish. This podcast may contain spoilers, rants, curse words, mispronunciations of names and places, and more. Hello everybody, you're listening to Audiobookish. My name is Fahed Rahman and I'm joined as ever by Poppy Knight. Hello. And today we are going to be reviewing Josh and Gemma the second time around by Sarah Reddy as narrated by Erin Mallon. Do you want to read out the blurb for this one, Poppy? Can do. So, the highly anticipated sequel to rom-com Josh and Gemma Make a Baby. Everything is about to change. Gemma Jacobs has life figured out. She's upbeat, positive to a fault, and the master of her own destiny. She has a wonderful career in social media marketing, lives in a trendy apartment with her fiancé Josh Lumenthal, and is pregnant with their much-loved baby. Her life is wonderful. Absolutely perfect. Except, what really comes after the happily ever after? Josh Lumenthal is laid-back, fun-loving, and always finds the humour in life. He writes a wildly successful webcomic series, and can't wait to marry Gemma, the woman of his dreams. His life is amazing, terrific, except what happens when everything changes? Suddenly, Josh and Gemma's lives are turned upside down and their love and their future together are at risk. They realise their happily ever after isn't the end, it's just the beginning, and now they have to fight for it. They confront a devastating separation, the return of world-infamous Ian Fortune, and the question of whether or not their love can truly survive when everyone says it's already gone. Great, and I will read out Sarah's uh, bio. Author Sarah Reddy writes contemporary romance, a romantic comedy. Her books have been described as euphoric, heartwarming, and laugh out loud. Her debut novel, The Fall in Love Checklist, was held as the unicorn read of 2020. Sarah writes standalone rom-coms and rom-coms in the Soulmates in Romeo series. She lives in the Caribbean with a family and their water-loving pup. Great. So thank you to NetGalley for the advanced review copy of this one. So this was sort of my choice because I wanted to kind of um, broaden my reading horizons and I haven't Mm. read much or any um, romantic comedy fiction or indeed would you describe this as um, women's fiction? I don't know what type of category. I can understand certainly why it would be put under that label. Yeah. Yes. It fits with other books that are put under that label. Yeah. 
great. So um, I think we need to kind of maybe make this review a bit spoilerish because I don't think you can really discuss the book without going... Like my I frustrations with yeah. the plot without going into kind of... Um, it's kind of funny because it's the blurb out of all the ones that we've done that gives away the least. And yet yes. I think you're right that we're going to have to um, probably delve into a bit further yeah. um, what goes on. Mm-hmm. Cool. So um, let's kind of start at the beginning of the book. It's in the days leading up to Josh and Gemma's um, wedding. They're kind of having a small family wedding in, I believe, is it Gemma's parents' back garden? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And um, what happens is Gemma has a medical emergency, which means kind of like the wedding needs to be delayed. And as a result of that, it causes tension within Josh and Gemma's relationship. How did you kind of feel that played out in terms of the, the way that it was written and kind of how it kind of introduced us to the characters as well? Yeah, and so obviously it's an interesting thing to consider these saying introduced to the characters because obviously this is the second in a series. So a lot of listeners will have already um, met Josh and Gemma before, but I did think regardless it did a good job of giving us a, you know, sense of their two characters, a sense of their relationship certainly at the point it's at at the start of the book. Um so that was really good. However, you could argue that some of that's done at the expense of making it quite a long build-up. Yes. Um, you know, that is the crux of the story and that, you know, that medical emergency, the fact that she ends up in a coma is the point of the book. Um, yeah. And we do have quite a long build-up to get to that point. It's a bit of a curveball when you realise that that's what the book's about because it seems, and certainly, yeah, with the blurb again, it seems like it's not going to have anything like that happen in yeah. it. Um, and it takes a bit of a turn. But yeah, you spend a good amount of time not, expecting that um and then that comes along yeah i don't know how to kind of i feel it's a strange thing to say but um a long time ago we had a guest on on the podcast and they kind of talked about how they prefer to read their like romantic fiction mm-hmm. and i just felt if i'd been reading this on the page it might have gone down a bit smoother There's something about having it read to me that did kind of affect the pace somewhat so I think that kind of feeds into the point that you were right. mm-hmm. kind of making in terms of that like it, it does feel like kind of quite a long setup to kind mm. of what the rest of the book is going to be about and I think maybe that is a kind of a function of us having to be introduced to characters and kind of understand the family dynamics because it's kind of quite a large cast of characters that we're being introduced to we're being introduced to Josh Gemma their kind of extended family mm-hmm. um, and you kind of you do need to understand how they all feel about each other. But yeah, I do agree with your point that you um, made about kind of the long setup to kind of what the meat of the book is about. How did you feel about like Josh and Gemma's chemistry? Because I think that's kind of quite an important part of the book initially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get you. No, I think it is an important part. And I think that does come across quite well. You know, they get each other. Um, they're laughing at the same things. They're in each other's heads about what they're thinking and maybe what they want to might go and sneak off and do um, and stuff like that. And so I really liked that. I did like how it showed how um, yeah connected they are and close they are. And I think you could tell that kind of chemistry that was in there. Yeah, I kind of um, agree with that. So they have this medical emergency. Gemma's been put into this coma and it's a considerable amount of time later when she's woken up and 
essentially the meat of the book is about her recovering from like brain damage, I guess. Yeah, basically. So kind of quickly on that, don't worry that there's an issue with your audio because I did for a second. It does a good way of showing the passage of time in the months while she's in the coma. Uh, But at first you think there's a bit missing and suddenly you've skipped a chapter, which I think obviously in a physical book, if you're seeing it on the page, you know instantly that they've done this on purpose. Um, You don't think they're missing a bit, whereas in audio it can seem like they've just missed a bit. Um, But I did actually quite like that. But then, yeah, basically spoilers inbound um the idea is that when she wakes up she's struggling to feel yeah her emotions haven't come back to her and you know the doctors are saying how this can be a reaction to um you know a brain injury and this is then what the crux of the rest of the story is is she feels that she well ironically feels that she doesn't love Josh, she's not feeling that love that she felt before. She's struggling connecting with her new baby daughter that she was pregnant with as she went into the coma. She's struggling to feel any kinds of emotions. She's just indifferent and and kind of numb to everything. And this poses so many questions about what is love? What are different emotions? What is feeling? What is this connection that we have with people? Is love just one thing? How do you tell if you do love? And those are sorts of, yeah, the main questions of this book centered around this big event of she's in the coma and she's recovering from this massive mental change and an issue with her brain. I was wanting to ask you what you thought about that idea of what love is and how you got on with the conflicts, I guess, that she had in feeling that she wasn't feeling love. So I think this is a really tricky thing to write about in terms Mm -hmm. of like maybe if we'd read like the previous book maybe her loss of her feelings towards josh and the kind of rest of her family might have had a great uh, impact but i for me i would have needed like more context in terms of like Mm. yeah how does she feel how does she express her emotions how does she kind of go around do kind of her regular day things is she kind of quite a sensual person is she kind of a closed off yeah I think you needed to kind of get to know her a little bit better I think also in terms of like the writing about this I never got like a firm idea of like what Gemma was going through in terms of like what that loss was was it kind of yeah yeah do you want do you know what I mean I think I do yeah yeah. um and because I sort of felt I think I felt a bit separate too in that I I felt like I did have quite a good grasp on the characters and stuff like that. And that was kind of my, my, one of my favourite bits of the book, really, or aspects of it, was just that I felt we were being introduced to these people. You know, I left the book feeling like I knew these people. Yeah. Um, and so even if I hadn't connected with the story as such or, you know, it as a narrative, I really quite liked that I'd just met some new people kind of thing is sort of the feeling that I got. But yeah, I, I struggled to connect really with the issue of this sudden loss of love idea um part of it being i have not experienced the brain injury um describes you know um so i think there is gonna always be an element of you know you can't apply your own personal experience to it to you know fully empathize but yeah i struggled with it in a sense because she had such an immediate reaction to seeing josh and just being like i don't love you (laughs) yeah um and as it explores throughout the book, I'm not sure that love is such a thing where if you don't feel 
a load of fireworks as soon as you look at someone then you must not love them kind of thing yes. was a little was a little weird for me because you know love is many different things and it's you don't necessarily feel it in that same intensity all the time yeah um so i i i sort of unfortunately felt like the entire concept of the book fell a bit flat for me because I couldn't connect with that main driving conflict that she had because yeah I I couldn't see why that should instantly mean that you don't love them it just means you're struggling with some of the stuff at the moment you're not having fireworks but you still want to be with that person you're still affectionate with that you know you still have longing with that but you know it was yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. it just seemed a bit odd that she had some idea of what love was in her head and then suddenly she didn't feel that and so instantly it, it was gone. Um, so yeah, so that meant that me understanding the, the narrative and connecting with it in that way was difficult when that is such a, the pivotal point of the book. However, connected to it, I did like how it was exploring that question of what is this feeling of love? And, you know, kind of balancing the disparate aspects of it, you know, it's not just what it is a combination of these things of sexual attraction and romantic feeling and the opposite of hate, or is it the opposite of apathy? Um, you know, do you feel it all the time? Do you feel it sometimes? I, I did enjoy that it was exploring those things, but I just was always resistant. It always felt a bit like, yeah, but what is the point at the moment? I don't see yeah. what her problem is, is a little bit how I felt for some of it, you know, put in an insensitive way. <laughs> yeah, I think I kind of agree with that. Like the, the whole point of kind of romantic comedies is creating a situation where two people can't be together for some reason, even mm. though they want to be together. I think the idea of someone going through like a traumatic brain injury and their feelings for the person that they felt they wanted to be with before the incident is kind of quite an interesting idea to explore. I just mm. felt like her instant, the yeah, I agree with you in terms of her instant mm. reaction coming out of the coma and immediately saying to her family, I don't feel off was it I feel like if that had unfolded a little bit more slowly over like a chapter or so, mm. it's kind of like, you know, maybe her not being able to kind of like connect with her child and then kind of mm-hmm. like maybe looking at people and saying well I'm looking at this person I don't really feel yeah, the feelings yeah, yeah. I'm feeling before the incident that's kind of and plus I don't think I don't know kind of enough about this character kind of in the previous book maybe this is the sort of thing that she would blurt out and say but I certainly if it was me if and I and I didn't kind of like feel like an emotional connection with someone that um I knew, oh it's not the sort of thing I'd kind of blurt out to people no I know and I think as you say we don't know from previous books but you got the impression as you kept going through the book that she does just (laughs) blurt out random stuff that you wouldn't really want to say yeah um so yeah and some of that does cause frustration and I do have in my notes here how infuriated I got about communication breakdowns um and a a bit like you say that is sort of a trope of rom-coms but it's just like that's very clearly not going to be interpreted the way you mean it to be and this just going to cause a problem that doesn't need to be there and that was for sure and I don't enjoy that um other kind of like sitcoms and stuff that I watch if they always revolve around a miscommunication happens and something you can predict going wrong goes wrong and you just have to sit through the agony of of the fallout yeah yeah, yeah. it's it just isn't enjoyable for me that's not the kind of thing I enjoy so yeah that was frustrating but yeah the blurting it out is just a bit mad but I think you've come up with a very good idea of what would 
have turned this around for me as well is that if there'd been longer in that bit in the hospital as she was realising there's something missing, the feelings aren't quite right, what's going on, I think that would have felt more, I guess, believable is maybe the way for me or certainly I would have been able to connect to it better than just this sudden, I don't feel love because I think that's the thing. I think it's just that when you love, I don't think you... It's not that you don't feel it all the time but you're not getting bombarded with it as yeah. you're feeling this now all the time yeah. kind of thing so yeah maybe a slower realization that something was wrong yeah. would have then really turned this around and made it work or even kind of like one of the other kind of strands or the other plots in the book is during her recovery she's with ian mm-hmm. fortune who from what we gather from as the book goes along was like yeah. previous she was previously in a relationship with and he's currently persona non grata for every woman in the world <laughs> for some reason and he's the only person that seems to kind of spark any kind of like emotional reaction mm-hmm. out of her. Maybe if they played along with that a little bit more in terms of like, well, I don't feel anything about these people in the room. I can't really connect with them. Like conversation's really difficult. But with Ian, mm. it's quite easy because I detest him <laughs> and I hate everything about him and that kind of like, oh, that feel. And she does build on that a little bit yeah. uh, in mm-hmm. kind of in, in the book, kind of like, oh, well, maybe this is my strand through to you discovering the other emotions and it goes a little bit um oh, what's the name of that um pixar movie was it inside oh yeah Me. with the different yeah uh, yeah uh, so maybe something like that um yeah yeah the different little colorful characters yeah, yeah. um yeah. is it inside out yeah it's inside, inside out. out inside out yeah so um something along um those <laughs> ones um in terms of like the general writing i do feel there's some quite funny uh, stuff that happened in the book in terms of the way that um, especially some of the dialogue exchanges between mm. uh, the characters. How do you feel like the dialogue worked generally? Yeah, I think it was quite good. And I think I agree with you is that impression that, yeah, there was some good humour in how that worked. Um, this might take us on a tangent into the next yeah. bit, but yeah. I did find that with dialogue... With the narration, I sometimes struggled to tell whether something was said out loud or not. Yes. Um, And a lot of the time that would then later be resolved with a kind of a he said, a she said. But sometimes I even wasn't sure if it was a thought that was internal or if she'd actually said it out loud. And a bit like as we talked about just then, given that we know she can say inappropriate things out loud, it could be a thought or it could be an inappropriate thing she said out loud. So yeah, um, I struggled with that in terms of the dialogue. And then, yeah, I, my main thing about this audiobook was I really wasn't sure about the narration. So I was excited about the narration because, um, yeah, when I was looking at it, it was showing kind of, you know, lots of award wins and stuff like this. Yeah. But straight off the bat, I found it very weird. Um, and, I, you know, I want to preface all of this with my personal opinions and clearly lots of people who are a big fan of Aaron's voice and stuff like that this is my personal thing, is that I really didn't get on with her narration. I found it sounded like AI to me. Oh my God, so yeah. I was going to say exactly the same thing. Yeah, it too. does, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Um, Kind of like a lot of it's quite monotone and in some ways sort of as if the words have been pieced together from sampling of, of yeah. other words. It, it just feels very AI. And there's parts where you get to it where you realise it isn't. I think in the dialogue, as we're talking about that, she did tend to be better at getting the emotion and intonation in it, but not always. Yeah. Um, and obviously the different voices, though 
the male characters did sound quite similar a lot of the time. Um, But yeah, the main thing was just that the rhythm of it throughout the entire thing sounded artificial. It sounded computerized, which was just very odd to me. And, you know, that's not the kind of performance that I love the most. And I found it difficult to connect with the writing and the story and what was happening and the characters when it was just so robotic because it wasn't really going in right. So yeah, and I, and I listened to it on quick more just because I yeah. couldn't keep listening to it for the entire length if I didn't speed it up. So yeah, and I'll be honest, it did grow on me and I did get more used to it as I went on and much happier sitting and listening, but just not my style. So I certainly urge if you're fancying this, if you haven't listened already, then checking out the sample, certainly if you're going to buy it before listening to it, as opposed to borrowing it or anything like that, then yeah, listen to the sample and see what you think of her narration. And you might love it, but like me, you might not be so happy with it. So yeah, yeah you agree with the AI thing. What did you, what was your opinion on that? Yes, yeah, so it did feel, you know, I, I completely agree. It did sound a little bit AI. I think she made some really strange choices in the, you know, as, as you mentioned, the way she kind of paced her narration. I think some of her mm. choices were quite odd and kind of you mentioned that the, the male um, yeah. When she's kind of doing the male voices, to me, they sounded pretty similar. Mm. They sort of reminded me of um, Jimbo Jones from The Simpsons. Kind okay, of like, right. you know, kind of, he's one of the, one of the bullies from like yeah. The Simpsons. So that kind of took me out a little bit as well. I think she, that one of, yeah, I, I again, uh, like you, I kind of, I listened to most of this on kind of a faster pace. I mean, I tend to mm. do that anyway. And that did smooth out some of the gaps mm, in the narration. Yeah. But with her, I think she tends to like the sex scenes, which there are quite a few of in this book. I did mm-hmm. listen to those on like maybe three times speed because I was blushing. <laughs> I knew <laughs> you would bit. be. Yeah. As soon as as soon as it turned sexual, yeah. I was like, Fed's gonna be so embarrassed. Yeah, just <laughs> He's gonna be God. hating this. <laughs> just, just okay, let's just uh, fast forward through that bit. But I felt you know, I did listen to some of it on regular speed just to kind of give the narration a fair shot through those mm-hmm. through those scenes and she does I think she does a better job in those scenes kind of like getting across like the sensuality of mm-hmm. what both the characters are kind of feeling but yeah sometimes especially with some of the comedy stuff I, I feel like it kind of missed the punchline right for me sometimes as well I was not a big fan of the narration um mm-hmm. I don't like being mean yeah that no. stuff you know mm-hmm. I know how much effort you know these narrators put into yeah. preparing the text and obviously it's just our opinion she's obviously an award-winning performer mm-hmm. but her performance in this was not to my taste and it just it yeah. made me regret maybe not having read it because if it, I was right. reading this on paper it might have gone down a bit smoother I would have been able to just skip over some of the sex scenes <laughs> <laughs> as well but yeah it was um not uh not my favorite performance I've listened to mm-hmm. no I think that's fair yeah I it's a weird one because I sort of think that I did prefer it as an audiobook. I'm not sure I would have sat with reading it. I did quite enjoy hearing it. Um, and maybe that kind of did bring the characters a bit more to life to me. I mean, I say more, obviously, they, they come to life on the page as well. But I think I did enjoy that part of it and wouldn't... I think I would have put the physical book down and maybe not picked it up again. Yeah. Um, whereas I did keep listening, obviously partly because we were doing this, but I 
did warm up to the narration, even if I still don't think it's my favourite style. I did warm up to it. I did quite like sitting with it. Um, and yeah, quite enjoyed it in audio, especially because like you, this is a branching out into a different kind of style. A book for me is the main reason why I wouldn't necessarily read yeah. it all through properly. And I feel like audio is a great format for trying new stuff out. Yeah. Um, because it does... You know, I'm not in any way putting this as a argument for the people that claim it's lazy, but it can sometimes take less mental work. At the very least, it takes less physical work yeah. a lot of the time to listen to an audiobook, you know. You're not holding a book, you're not turning the pages and your eyes aren't strained of reading, you know. Um, so in a lot of ways, that can be nice and, you know, you can do other stuff um, if you're not wanting to pay full attention. But paying full attention is, you know, equally a lot of work still. But yeah, so I quite liked it in the audio. I think that is a good way to do it. I did quite like how, as you say, the saucier scenes were done. It was interesting because a lot of it wasn't the sort of sauciness that I enjoyed for the sauciness of it. Yeah. Um, especially like there's a lot about rippling back muscles um, yeah. that just wasn't doing it for me. Yeah. Uh, but some stuff was um, done well in the audio. You didn't get a sense that um, that she was being awkward <laughs> yeah. with it. And um uh, or finding anything difficult. So no, I thought that was good. And yeah, as you say, a lot of it being used to kind of build the connection between the two characters um, and things like that, that was quite good. So yeah, it, it'll very much be up to you guys if you want to listen to it or read it and yeah, weigh up those different options. Uh, I think I am glad that I listened to it, Yeah, but I wouldn't be racing to listen to other stuff narrated by Erin, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think I probably agree with that. Um, there are just a couple of other points I wanted to mm-hmm. um, talk about. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is Josh being a really successful webcomic artist <laughs> and someone yes. who knocks around and kind of like the comic book graphic novel sphere. How unrealistic that is. Like Josh would be in like maybe the top... 1% of webcomic book creators ever to have kind of this movie deal. Like he, this, that's an unbelievable amount of success for someone who works in um, webcomics. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think there was much mention of him going to kind of things like conventions and stuff mm. like that. It just seemed to be him kind of like flying to make his like TV series and that sort of thing. So I felt that kind of took me out a bit, a little mm. bit because I was just kind of like, like, this dude would be uh, like, unbelievably successful just in that sphere. And um, yeah, I, I didn't also buy this kind of like some show business stuff. Like, the, you know, he was in like the show business newspapers and yeah. stuff like that. Which, uh, I don't know, kind of like if he's that famous and his fiance was comatose, I would have imagined like the paparazzi would have been like, outside. Yeah, that's the what hospital. they'd lock onto as opposed to making up fake new relationships yeah 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 so that's yeah. kind of like well one of the things that kind of had me especially because one of the, the the things is that she's unsure if josh is having a relationship outside you know when well while she's mm-hmm. in a coma as well so i just felt that was a bit a bit odd and then kind of this in fortune he's i don't know what happened in the previous book <laughs> so but <laughs> it's kind of like the way that he's like physically attacked on the street i felt kind of a little bit unrealistic but then again, it's kind of a romantic comedy and you do maybe kind of see that thing in uh, romantic comedy movies as well, where, you know, people do get like physically attacked um, on the street. But kind of, I just thought that was a bit, I don't, yeah, those sequences took me out of the, um, out of the book as Fair, well. Yeah. yeah. On kind of taking you out and it goes a bit on what we we're talking about with pace and things like that. 
I did get quite frustrated how everyone else, aside from mainly Josh, but but Josh and Gemma, was mainly Gemma's brother, who I gather is oh, was Josh's dick. best friend, yeah, yeah. was just saying, oh, well, it's clearly over. Give up now. It's yeah. like, she's been out of the coma for like two weeks. Chill out. Yeah, just <laughs> um, exactly. It's just kind of like, yeah, I just like, if I was Gemma, I'd be having really strong words with my brother about that. I was just like, fucking dude, like, I've just suffered like brain damage uh, and you're fucking telling him to leave me you're a fucking know, dick like, dude yeah uh, i can understand <laughs> the whole kind of that relationship that he's in where he is both a best friend and a brother and you know wants the best for both of them and sees his best friend struggling and you know wants that to be right i am fully on board and with that however it was just the the speed it was just like she's clearly different she's never going to be the same again sack it off (laughs) (laughs) i I thought was just a bit instant it was uh yeah yeah we've we've not even given anything a chance yet and i think he was just being as rash as she was being with the instant i don't feel it anymore and then yeah i think that kind of i mean maybe uh, i think it did take me out of it a little bit it just i think maybe all of that was just a bit accelerating the plot faster than was right yeah yeah it sort of went as we discussed slow at the start then that really fast bit and then probably a decent pace and then i felt the last hour didn't need to be there most of the book was resolved when i was looking at my phone and there was still an hour to go yeah um so well there was some good stuff then in that hour because i sort of checked myself after i'd thought that but yeah, the, the pacing was a bit, not quite how I'd have balanced it. And yeah, yeah, both the pacing of the writing and just, yeah, in the time frame chronologically of the book, the way the characters are acting and reacting to stuff. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Just a little bit more cooking, a little bit more simmering, kind of slow things mm. down a little bit. Um, I think might have helped the book out. Yeah. Um, Another quick little criticism yeah. was um, that... With so many books that we review on here, I talk about how great I think the metaphors are. And I remember and have written down here that I didn't really in this one. <laughs> that I think yeah. a lot of the metaphors just weren't quite right. And especially tying back to that question of what is love, I think a lot of the ways that she was, you know, using metaphor to talk about what love is and what it's felt just didn't work with me. And maybe they will work with other people who've experienced love in different ways and things like that. But yeah, I felt... A, from that kind of, you know, removed level, does this work as a comparison for the feeling kind of emotion metaphor thing? And also just literary-wise, I'm not sure the metaphors were the strongest of a lot of the books that we've read. But I don't want to be complaining too much about the writing style. It was a good, comfortable book in the sense of listening to the writing. But yeah, not one that I'm going to shout about for the craft of it as I do with a lot of the other ones we listen to. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I think it was a smooth book to listen to in a lot of ways, but you know, in terms of you know, as you mentioned, kind of some of the metaphors, I, yeah, I don't think is is one of the strongest. I don't really have that much more to say about it. Uh, do you have any kind of like closing thoughts? Um, I don't think so, really. I think we covered most of what this was. I think my closing thoughts is just that thank you for wanting to branch out your genres and for helping me branch out mine. Um, And I did enjoy it. And I do remember while listening to it thinking that, you know, I wouldn't mind going back to the first one. I don't think I'm a convert enough that I'm going to rush to do that. Um, But I did like, yeah, meeting these characters. Um, I was intrigued by what had happened in the past. And yeah, I... I'm not going to rave about this as being an amazing audiobook or book, but I'm by no means going to tell you that you shouldn't 
go and read and listen to it that, that I wouldn't recommend it. I think it was a good book. If it's the kind of book that you like and read, then definitely add this one in. I think it's got some interesting ideas and thoughts in it and it's, it's pretty enjoyable. So yeah, the narration, not my taste. The genre, not my usual style. But even with all of that kind of fighting against it, it was a good listen. So yeah. yeah. So again, this is not a genre that I typically read or listen to so is me kind of extending out of myself i'd struggle to kind of like recommend this bearing in mind i'm not the target audience for this um it's uh, not a genre that i'm overly familiar with i just kind of got the feeling kind of reading the book that it might play out better visually kind of i feel like there's a lot of things yeah, that yeah if this okay. is like a movie or a tv show or even mm-hmm. like a graphic novel something like that i felt it would have um it would have worked a lot better i just felt audio wise didn't really get along with the narration. Mm. I felt it was a little bit unevenly placed. Having said that, I did enjoy the story. I felt there was quite a lot of humour in there that I quite mm. enjoyed. The sex scenes were probably well written for what they were. I can't. I don't have. I don't have really <laughs> kind of like a strong um, basis to compare that with in terms of like other books in this genre. Like for me, I can't really recommend it. But I think it was it was okay for what it was. Mm. A fair representation of, of the genre. I don't really know, but yeah. Um, as a romantic comedy, don't let my opinion put you <laughs> off listening to it. Kind of give it a go. Um, but yeah, I would really recommend listening to a preview if you can mm, before you download yeah. because that's kind of like for me her narration didn't really work all that well mm-hmm, yeah it was a good learning experience for me because often if i do listen to a sample and it sounds like that or i don't get on with it then i will just straight up refuse to listen to the audiobook and either i'll read it or i'll not have the book at all and actually having to go through this whole one and warming up to it proved to me that I could get used to a narration that I normally wouldn't like. So yeah, I think it was a good learning experience for me and maybe you guys will take that on as well, that if you really want to enjoy a story and you want to do it through audio, then maybe you might warm up to a narration that initially you you wouldn't think you would, but not necessarily all the time. And I will probably still listen to samples and dismiss audio. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, guys, thank you very much for listening. Please leave a rating or review wherever you've listened to this episode on. And if you want to get in touch, you can either contact us by social media. Our handles on Instagram, Facebook, and all that stuff is at Audio Bookish Pod. And you can get in touch with us by emailing at audiobookishpod at gmail.com. Okay, thanks, guys. And let's say bye. Bye. Bye.